welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. The one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, well, thank you very much, Paul, for the introduction, and welcome, everyone, to 2017. I can't believe we are in the new year. This is Dave Lewis, and you are listening to Demand Gen Radio. And to kick off 2017, I have asked Dana Nemec to join me. If you don't know Dana, Dana is the Global Demand Generation Campaign Manager at GE in the Oil and Gas Digital Solutions Group. So, Dana, welcome to the program, and Happy New Year. Great. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me. Let's talk about 2017. So it is the beginning of the year and kind of, you know, looking forward, uh, hopefully you were taking a nice mental break from work uh, over the holiday, but now you're, you're back in, it's morning and you're looking at 2017. Is there anything top of mind for you already, Dana, that you're thinking, hey, there's some of the initiatives that we want to get uh, put in place for 2017? Oh, there is, and we are hopping right back into it, right? So we're kind of everyone sitting here this morning. We're sending some notes around, making sure, uh, making sure everybody's back at it. And um, we're really, we're really looking at our um, our program calendar. And this sounds a little cliche, right? But we're really, really looking to improve our engagement with our customers and prospects this year. And we want to be able to tell better stories that are more focused on industry solutions and better focused to our, our key personas. So, it, again, it sounds cliche, but um, that's that's what we're looking at this year and really hoping to make some improvements there. All right, so talk a little bit about 2016. We just wrapped up the year, and I'm sure you had a bunch of strategic initiatives as well as the day-to-day stuff. What was on the big list for, for last year? Yeah, for, for last year, we really focused on a lot of our database hygiene issues. So we really looked at setting up our personas. We looked at setting up uh, marketing preferences and really trying to move away from that idea of just product announcement type email blast. That was really our big focus for last year. From a, a com- communications perspective. Sure, a lot of companies struggle with that because, you know, when you're coming out with new products and new services, the, you know, coming out of either product management or product marketing is that new introduction. And I remember, you know, back before Demand Gen in my roles as head of marketing, we got better and better at aligning the product team with marketing. So we had a, a much greater heads up as to what was coming out and what product capabilities were coming. But often there was a gap between that persona identification and the messaging around why someone would want this product or enhancement. How is it over there for you guys as, as you guys are, are working on those same set of challenges? Yeah, I, I think that's something that we can really identify with. We, we do know our personas really well, and we spend a lot of time on that. Um, but when it actually comes down to communicating, I think, across multiple channels, right, so across our email list and across our LinkedIn groups and that, we've really had to take a step back and and kind of focus more around our bigger themes and our solutions and a little less on the exact product stories. So that's um, one of the challenges we faced and kind of driven uh, some of the changes that we've made um, for how we want to roll out our campaign structure in 2017. 
And in your responsibilities coming up with the campaigns, um, how broad of a, a channel focus are you responsible for outside of, of email? Is it primarily email or you have to look at you know creative for other channels as well? Um, well, we, we try to use our creative across multiple channels. And then we really look to Marketo to, um, I kind of say, to kind of listen for the activity that's going on in the other channels. So at some point, everything comes back in for us through Marketo, and then we would push to Salesforce. So that's kind of uh, where I get involved in a lot of the um, other channel communications. Yeah. Talk a little bit about your team because, you know, GE is a huge company, and even though you guys have lots of different divisions, I bet some people listening in, um, you know, picture this uh, entire floor of of Dana's marketing team uh, supporting her. I know that (laughs) not to be the case. So talk a little bit about that and how it's evolved uh, over the past couple of years. Right, right. So just to give a little perspective within GE, I am um, part of the marketing team for GE Oil and Gas, and then under GE Oil and Gas is the digital solutions business. And within our company, within our product line, we have um, four other product companies, and we are global, so our campaigns are in all of the the regions. We support all of the regions. And um, so we, we currently have about 10 dedicated people to supporting our demand generation marketing team. And that includes uh, campaign strategy and planning across all of the regions, sales alignment, inside sales support, content creation, and technical system integrations and analytics. So we're a pretty small team, and we all wear a lot of hats. So it's uh, it's been challenging. It's been challenging. What was, um, you know, around challenges, what was the genesis behind using a demand center approach and really centralizing the campaign functions. That's something, as, as you and I have talked about, uh, companies who have field marketing teams or have different uh, departments sometimes decentralize campaign operations, you know, take an empowerment approach and push the tools and the capabilities out. And other companies mm-hmm. like yourself centralize that function. And, you know, I, I, I can't say there's necessarily a best practice. There's a right practice depending on the company, but there's certainly tremendous benefits from centralizing. So talk a little bit about, maybe share your insights on, you know, the thought process there and, and how it's working for you. Yeah, so, so this um, kind of more centralized function is new to our business. We're kind of moving into this structure starting in 2017. And uh, we've, we've found it very challenging, I'd say, to maintain consistency with a large number of product companies that make up our business in all of the regions and different agencies that have been involved. So we're really, we're starting to see some of the benefits of this new structure by um, being able to move a little faster with our campaign execution and to have some more consistencies with our reporting, which has been very uh, challenging when we had a lot of people involved. So this is a, a new structure for us, and uh, we're really hoping it's going to help us to scale our efforts, especially as we uh, look to support our regions more. 
And we, uh, you know, our team at Demand Gen, we're an extension of yours, and we started engaging with you guys earlier in 2016. I think you and I met up uh, right at the Marketo conference, and GE has been a fairly longtime customer of Marketo. In fact, definitely one of Marketo's largest customers. We're very honored that we work with folks like you guys and CenturyLink and Microsoft, you know, different companies that are that are large and decentralized. Um, what was your thought process in terms of, of leveraging an outside agency like ourselves to be an extension? Yeah, um, we, we really have to rely on outside agencies and marketing support teams like DemandGen um, to really help us always be mindful of our data. I would say that's from my perspective, that's one of the, um, the, the most important uh, aspects that your teams really help us with. You know, and when I say that, like it's there's some easy things for, that we all think about, right? Like we think about form fields and hidden data on forms and things like that. Um, but really, like it, it's not just that data collection process, but it's being able to run our campaign with our data strategy in mind, right? So to kind of know how we can uh, leverage our fields and how we can leverage our communications to gain a better understanding of our customers. So I think... Um, that's one thing that I know Vanjen has really helped us with is just helping to control the data and the actual execution of the campaigns. It's been really important. Yeah, a lot of critical pieces there, parts to it, right? You know, it's, it yeah. goes back to the direct mail days where the list was and is everything. So your campaigns are only going to be as effective as the dependency on your data and the segments. Um, you know, when it comes to personas, right, you can you can do a great job documenting personas, but if you don't operationalize them, then you really can't take advantage of them. And operationalizing meaning, you know, getting those fields of data, everything from, you know, the verticals, the titles, the roles, uh, the different um, attributes that make your, your core segments uh, unique and distinct so you can tailor your messaging uh, right to them. Super, mm-hmm. super important. Are you responsible entirely for the data or is is IT still involved in terms of database management? Well, for the most part, we rely on our product companies and really everyone that's in our system to self-govern their data right now. Um, We have been working really close with our IT team the past um, um, six months or so to really build out a better structure between our Marketo and our Salesforce integration. And with that, we are hoping for improvements on just overall data governance and, and management. So we've, we've had some challenges to date um, in that the data systems that we had set up didn't really support what we were trying to do with it on the marketing side. So we've really been working to build some better processes to make that more efficient and more reliable. Awesome. Well, let's take a quick break, Dana. Uh, we are here with Dana Nemec, uh, GE Oil & Gas. This is Dave Lewis. You're listening to Demand Gen Radio. Imagine. 
Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Have you ever felt that you're not getting the most out of your marketing automation system? Well, you're not alone. But there is an answer, an award-winning agency called DemandGen that can not only get your team out of batch and blast mode, but turn your team into high-performance marketers that drive more revenue and have the kind of results you're looking for. They also have a marketing dashboard to show it. Experts in Marketo, Eloqua, Salesforce, and dozens of other top marketing technology The folks at DemandGen have helped hundreds of the top marketing teams around the country, and they can do the same for you. So stop feeling stressed. Check out their services at DemandGen.com, just like it sounds, DemandGen.com. And while you're there, be sure and visit their resource section, which is chock full of videos, free templates, and downloadable guides, all of which will help you be a better marketer. If you need a team that will get you to the next level, there's one waiting they're just a click away. DemandGen.com. All right, we are back. I am here with Dana Nemec. We've been talking about looking back in 2016, some of the initiatives that Dana uh, was focused on last year, as well as some of the things coming up in 2017. Let's go back. Let's, uh, let's talk 2016, because I know one of the big issues and challenges that you guys had was around needing to really synchronize uh, your CRM, which is salesforce.com and Marketo. So talk a little bit about what prompted that focus on getting these two systems tighter together. Yeah, yeah, I think that that has been a big challenge for us. And I would say from like a technical marketing automation perspective, it was really our company policy to have purposeful duplicates in our CRM. So so right from that very, from just that concept right there, we've always really struggled with um, lead scoring or being able to track how our leads were converting. Um, Really just had some challenges managing that on the Marketo side. And, and we're a large company, and we didn't really have the executive buy-in at the onset to go through and modify our CRM configurations. We, we really had to find a way to make our existing database structure work, and we focused on what we could control. And I would say, really, most importantly, we focused on what we could report on. And, and that wasn't perfect, but we could show the pipeline that we were generating, and then we could really start to show where the gaps were in our reporting and the process and going back to that data management, right, that governance challenges that we were facing with our existing system. Yeah, this is a common challenge that, that we see. I believe one of the reasons that it's so common, especially in like this era, is that the CRM, like a Salesforce.com, is often leading the technology stack initiatives at companies. So you've got sales and sales operations that have invested in a CRM and they've got a head start and they've set up governance Mm -hmm. and process for how they use it. And then along comes marketing, who now has marketing technology like a Marketo, a marketing automation system. And you're you need to integrate these two systems, except there are some there's some challenges then if the way that 
the sales team and sales ops is using the tool that can limit or at least make it challenging for some of the things that you want to do. And duplicates is certainly one of those. Salesforce as a system allows you to have multiple records. And, you know, out of the box, it's often leads and contacts, accounts and opportunities, and that's the core structure. But you see sometimes people make custom objects and use it in different ways. So everything is more challenging if you're dealing with duplicates in the database, um, campaign attribution, like you said, lead scoring, proper segmentation, uh, and all those challenges. So it sounded like a big challenge. How did you work through it? What, uh, where are you today as compared to where you wanted to be? Yeah, so I, I think um, we we really we really made some headway with our uh, Salesforce um, development team, and we are looking to build out that campaign member record and and really look more holistically at our database. So I, I would say for the first time we have a, a pretty um, comprehensive contact and lead management strategy. And, and that really, we were able to use the um, campaign member record to solve some of those problems. So we, I think, um, I think it's maybe a little bit bigger of an effort than our Salesforce development team had originally planned on with us. But, um, but everyone's really excited, and I think the timing is finally right for our business to make these changes. So, looking back, is there any tips, tricks, strategy that you can share with folks that need to do the same kind of alignment? And like I said, we often see sometimes a pretty big wall between the two Mm -hmm. departments and we've got to tear down that wall, no doubt from a culture perspective and system. So how did you get the buy-in? How did you, how'd you start initiate the conversations and get the buy-in? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we really started with being able to show the volume of leads that we were creating. And I'll use the word leads as in sales interest, right, that we were generating. And then um, you know, we, we kind of started by just saying, okay, this is what we've added to the system. This is what we've put into Salesforce. And when we looked across all of our product companies and our regions, we could see that over 80% of the leads that we were adding to our system we're not being dispositioned in a way that we could measure or track them in Salesforce. We're using Salesforce as our CRM. And, um, and I think that, that really got a lot of attention of our, you know, from our leadership. And it wasn't for any one particular reason. In all fairness, it was not, definitely not because of our, we have a busy sales team or anything like that, but it was really that combination of issues, right? We had a really, um, in, in some of the regions, we have a lot of channel partners. We have a lot of processes that were done through email and not through our CRM system. And so it was really a, a combination of problems contributing to that low disposition rate. And I think the, the first thing we did was really take control over the leads that were coming into the system. So for our team on the marketing side, we added kind of what we call a a marketing response team. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, a sales support team. And we had, we've set up a dedicated structure, a dedicated group of people to receive all inbound requests that we have coming into the system. And you're not the first group that has added a function within marketing um, that's like a lead development uh, group, marketing response group, as, as you call it. Was there how how easy was that to do? Was there any territorial issues uh, with sales thinking, hmm, you guys are going to do this? Talk talk a little bit about that process. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point because we did spend a lot of time this past year really working with the sales team, and and really what it what it became is um, you know, more of that partnership that we were looking for. Right, we kind of stopped that passing the leads over the wall, so to say. Right, like when and when I first started with this project, so we're we're going into our third year of this kind of lead generation. Um, partnership between marketing and sales officially in our in our CRM systems, right? And I would say the first year, you know, we got a lot of pushback, like, oh, the leads you're giving us, they're not great, or we can't tell where they're from, or, you know, we really focused our efforts on the marketing side mm-hmm. on just getting that information into Salesforce. By adding this team to respond to the leads that we were generating, and to help set some guidelines for what the qualifications were and, and to be able to customize it a little bit for each of the regions and to work with all of our product companies, I, we were able to create a, a real partnership on how that process would work. And we could also help take some of the cumbersome system requirements, you know, process stuff off of the sales team. So they, they really appreciated that, and I think it was a lot easier for them to, to see the value and to become more vested in the process themselves. A lot of people don't know this. I don't know if I put it in my in my book. I, for some reason, feel like I either lead to it or mention it, but my last company, when I was head of marketing at Ellie May, we would have on Fridays our sales and marketing meeting, and it literally would say sales and marketing meeting. And you'd see in the room that sales would sit on one side and marketing would sit on the other side, and we really weren't mm-hmm. one team. And so I came up with the idea of let's call this the demand gen meeting and not have such segregation between um, calling out the different functions because we're all kind of part of one of the same set of goals and the same team, even though we have these different functions. And I know I do talk in my book manufacturing demand about, you know, it's like a football team or it's like the military. We've got the Air Force and the Army, and we've got to work together. So that cultural alignment that you talk about is really such a catalyst for change in an organization and and getting, uh, you know, a shared viewpoint by leadership on what you're trying to achieve. So talk, Dana, about the impact because it was dramatic there when you guys went from not having this inside sales function or marketing response team, your disposition rate to where it is now is, is dramatic, almost award-winning, um, one, one might say. So share some of the numbers, if you can, in, in terms of the impact and how long it took. Yeah, but I would say it took uh, almost, um, almost the full year to have all of our regions on board. And, and that was a lot of really working out, um, you know, being able to hire within the regions uh, the proper um, kind of inside sales teams uh, to be able to work close with the sales teams to be able to get the right routing and have the right business contacts. But so we've really seen an increase from, like I mentioned earlier, like 20% in some of our regions to now a solid 95% across all of our regions of product companies. So, it's amazing. And, and with that, too, yeah, and, and so from that, and again, part of it is just that little bit of extra process that was needed within right. our system to show that things were converting. You know, we've been able to see our opportunity amounts and our pipeline values grow proportionately now that everything's captured into the system. So it's, that's really exciting. And it really gave us the leverage to be able to go back to our leadership and get the funding and get the resources to now 
kind of bring our leads and our campaign processes into our our into our Salesforce. You know, to really kind of build out that functionality. So now we can now we have that foundation so we can so we can continue to improve our tactics and go back to thinking a little bit more about the marketing strategy side and a little less about yeah. our, our system. It's a, it's a weird name for a book, Manufacturing Demand, It's for a marketing book, that is. And, and it is because mm-hmm. so much of what I talk about is you know process between sales and marketing and lead management and using these systems together. Let's, let's wrap up with a topic on systems and MarTech. You guys have been using Marketo now for a while. You, in fact, are a Marketo certified expert yourself. What's next on the MarTech stack? Maybe there's not an answer for that, but are you ready to start looking at other marketing technology in 2017, or what's, what's the game plan? Yeah, I think for us, you know, now that we um, now that we anticipate having our uh, lead and contact management strategy in place, we're hoping uh, beginning of April. Um, you know, we're really starting to look to some more um, predictive analytics um, and, and definitely improvements overall in our content analytics and our um, kind of marketing campaign attribution. Tactics. That that's one one of the um, big areas where we should see some improvement now that we have um, kind of like that foundation in place with our lead management strategies. Um, and I think you know, we, we would like to continue to build on uh, Marketo as kind of being that um, bridge between a lot of other systems that we're using. Um, and we do. Uh, I mean, we're looking at some improving our website strategies as well. We're on the same technology behind our website. Yeah, we're on the same path ourselves here at Demand Gen. We're looking at our at our content management systems. That's an initiative for us this year, just because we're producing so much content and just always streamlining Mm -hmm. that that process. Well, Dana, that's going to wrap it for this this episode, our first episode of 2017. Thank you so much for for joining me today. It was so great to see you in New York a few weeks ago. Love being in New York during the holiday season and. Look forward to catching up again. Hopefully not. Uh, hopefully sooner than the Marketo Conference, which this year is going to yes. be in San Francisco. But that's around the corner. Yes, back in San Francisco. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dave, for having me. Appreciate you bet. It. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. A replay of today's episode is going to be available in uh, a day or so up on DemandGenRadio.com. And I always appreciate if you can help spread the word around your office or on LinkedIn. Twitter, for uh, Facebook, or wherever you are networking with other passionate marketers, get the word out on Demand Gen Radio. Thank you again for joining us. This is your host, David Lewis, saying farewell. And I always want to remind you, especially as we kick off the year, to make marketing matter most in your organization. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio. Bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.